Happy Sunday, church family, and a big OCC welcome to all of our guests who are listening in, uh, maybe for the very first time this weekend. We're so excited that you're doing so. Over the past several weeks, we've been talking about serving, and more specifically, how Jesus models for us and calls us to serve others with compassion. Each week, we've looked at a different story in the New Testament as we learn from Jesus to live like Jesus. Our mission as a church is to make more and better disciples. Learning to serve others with compassion is just one important component that helps us accomplish the mission that God has given us. In week one of our series, we took a closer look at Matthew chapter 25, specifically verses 31 through 46. And within these verses, Jesus said, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Now, the Bible tells us that God's people will respond to Jesus' words by saying something like this. Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then we read a very well-known verse. Verse 40 says, And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Throughout this series, we've been reminded that as a believer, regardless of your age or stage in life, God's not done with you. Individually, God wants to use your life to point other people to Jesus. And that often starts by serving with compassion, serving others, and doing the good works that God has prepared us to do is part of our purpose in life. Pastor and author David Platt said it this way, that we've been created to enjoy God's grace and to extend God's glory. Serving with compassion is one way we make God's grace touchable to people. Man, I love that. In week two, we took a closer look at the story of the Good Samaritan, one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. This story is definitely all about helping those who are in need, but it's also about the excuses that we tend to make not to help others, you know, not to serve with compassion. The Good Samaritan was able to look past life's many excuses and to stop and help someone who is in need. In fact, he chose to view the interruption that day as a divine interruption, responding in the way that Jesus would respond. Serving others with compassion often takes a risk. It takes personal involvement, and it takes time and resources, things like money. You know, we were reminded about all of these things in the story of the Good Samaritan. And our challenge that week was this, that when God gives you an opportunity to serve, when he knocks on the door of your heart and asks, are you interruptible? What will your response be? What will you say? What will you do? God wants us to be interruptible as we look for those opportunities to serve with compassion. In week three, you all received your Who's My Neighbor towel, especially if you were here in person. And as I walked us through the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, uh, using the towel and basin, we were reminded how we can use our towels to serve others with compassion. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he modeled uh, many things that help us serve in the way that God has called us to serve. He, He modeled humility 
so that we could know how to serve with humility. He modeled holiness so that we would know that once we're saved, we can have an intimate relationship with God because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Jesus also modeled the way to have happiness and the kind of joy in our lives that the world cannot take away, that circumstances cannot take away. We learn about this in John 13, verse 17. It says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. That word blessed is our favorite Greek word, makadios. It's a kind of joy that the world cannot take away, a kind of joy that's only found in Christ. He's saying, now that you know these things, now that you've seen the way that I've modeled serving and and compassion, you'll be blessed if you do them. You know, serving with compassion actually makes you happier. It gives you more joy than just about anything else you can do in this life. That's an important truth that we were reminded about in week three. Week four, we looked at the parable of the mustard seed as well as the parable of the yeast. Uh, These are two short parables that Jesus told in Luke 13. We were reminded that when it comes to serving others, God is often at work in the small things. We tend to recognize, respect, and even remember the things in life that are big, popular, or seem better while giving little attention to the small things. From our limited perspective, and it is often limited, we look at the people and situations around us, and we're tempted to think the little help that I can provide won't really matter in the long run. But God looks at those same situations, and he sees them as opportunities to use you to accomplish his big purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29, um, is just one passage that reminds us about this awesome truth. It says, God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. These verses remind us that God is often at work in the small things, and he wants us to be involved in the small things as well. So as we look for those opportunities to serve with compassion, we're to be involved in little acts, you know, small gestures and simple everyday service. These things are like the tiny mustard seed that grows into a large tree, a huge tree, 10 to 12 feet tall, It's also like the small amount of yeast that can permeate an entire batch of dough. I want to remind you that one small act of service can make a huge kingdom impact when we do it faithfully in response to what God's telling us to do. Last week, in week five, we looked at three building blocks that help us to be the kind of church that God has called us to be. These building blocks come directly from Acts chapters one and two. You know, as we grow in our understanding and application of what it means to be the church, the building blocks that we put in place come directly from God's word. We get our marching orders from God's word. In Acts chapters 1 and 2, this is a great place for us to start. It's a great reminder for what it means to be the church. Well, today we're going to wrap up our series in a fun and unique way. Again, our goal is to be the kind of church that God has called us to be. And Jesus shows us what it means to serve with compassion. He's shown us that it's important to be interruptible and that God is often at work in the places where we least expect it, in the small things. And this is all great stuff. That's why we've spent so much time talking about it. But today, 
I want us to see how Jesus reacts when Christians do the things that God has called them to do. And I think you'll see that it's pretty similar to a party being thrown. In today's passage, Jesus sends his followers out to work in the community. Today we're going to spend some time in Luke chapter 10. And it's here that we see Jesus sending out 72 of his followers on a short-term mission trip in the area that surrounded where they lived. Jesus sends them out to do things like heal the sick and to tell people that the kingdom of God was near. When you read this story, you can't help but think these early disciples were a little apprehensive. They were anxious and fearful about going into these unknown situations. I think it's kind of like the challenge that we've had to get to know our neighbors. You know, for many of us, uh, that's, that's being stretched quite a bit. That's doing something that maybe we've never done before. So with these disciples, um, Jesus tells them to go into these communities. And when he tells them to do this, he actually gives an interesting reminder before sending them out. He told them ahead of time that some people, some communities, wouldn't welcome them or even appreciate them. Uh, Luke 10 verse 3 says, Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Man, just think if that was the charge, the challenge that I gave you each week before you were dismissed uh, going into your week. Jesus says, go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Think about what happens to lambs or sheep when they're surrounded by wolves. You know, my boys and I have seen enough documentaries to know exactly what happens. The disciples, they were feeling helpless and defenseless. They might have even felt insignificant, like the task was, was just too big. But Jesus decides to send them anyway. And then in verses 17 through 24, the 72 disciples returned to give a report about what had happened. God's word tells us that the disciples were filled with so much joy because of what had happened on this short-term mission trip. See, they experienced a win, and it really boosted their faith and their confidence in Jesus. Let's look at verses 17 through 24. It says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And then we see Jesus responding with joy as he gives a a prayer of thanksgiving to his heavenly father. It says, at the same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, oh, father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then, when they were done, he turned to his disciples and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings long to see what you have seen, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. In this passage, the disciples are showing us that their small amount of faith, 
put into action with God's power, made an eternal kingdom impact. You know, if you've ever felt prompted by God to to serve others or to do whatever it is that he's telling you to do, and you followed through with that prompting, I think you'll understand the excitement and the joy that these early disciples experienced. Can you imagine what the conversations must have been like when they all returned? All 72 of them sharing what they saw God do in and through their work. This was an awesome season of service, and now there was a time for celebration. Six weeks ago, we started a new round of growth groups focusing on getting to know our neighbors and looking for those opportunities to serve with compassion. Throughout this series and in our growth groups, we've been challenged and encouraged to put our faith into action. You know, we've prayed over our neighbors and the neighborhood that surrounds our church. We've worshiped together as we give all the glory to God for the good work that's being done. And we've shared the hope of Jesus with people who are looking for hope. We've seen God show up and do some incredible things, you know, through the encounters that we've had in and, and our own lives as God has stretched us to do new things. You know, this series is ending today, but the message and the challenge is meant to continue. In a lot of ways, this series was meant to be a launching point for what ministry should look like in the church. As we wrap up the message part of our Who's My Neighbor series, I'd like for us to do so with an attitude of celebration. Celebration because of what God has done and because of what he's promised to do. Now, at this point in the message, uh, when it's live on Sunday, we're going to have testimonies from different people in our church who've either participated in a growth group, um, been part of our prayer walks, or who've simply responded to God's call and prompting to serve with compassion. Um, We're going to hear these testimonies and as a church, be encouraged about what God has done. So I want to encourage you to find the service live this week, either through YouTube or Facebook, um, so that you can hear some of these testimonies and be encouraged yourself. Um, Please pray for these people and continue to pray for our church as we respond to those opportunities that God has given us um, to be the church, to serve with compassion, to invite people to come and hear the good news of Jesus. You know, our small acts of compassion are only done in reaction to what Christ has accomplished on the cross for you and for me. The disciples in our story today were were so excited about the work that was done on this short-term mission trip, and rightfully so, but Jesus reminded them that the real prize is this, that when we're in Christ, our names are written in heaven. In other words, we're part of God's family, and we get to spend eternity with him. Now that's something to celebrate.